0: Hey, good morning, folks. Pastor here. I hope you've had a great week. I'm glad to be able to be back with you. And it looks like we are coming around the corner. Uh, I'm hoping that we will be able to join back together again very shortly here. And uh, so you continue to pray. Uh, the Lord will give wisdom, and we're looking forward to that. Remember, the church is not a building. It's a body. Uh, we've never closed our church. You said, Pastor, we did. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> Our church building—the buildings might have been closed, but the church is going forth because you and I, according to the Word of God, we are the church, and uh, we've done actually more for the cause of Christ during this crisis than uh, than we did when we were quote unquote had the buildings open. And so we've ha- found a lot of great opportunities to be able to reach out to people, and that's because of you folks. You say, "Well, how is that?" Because you've been faithful. In your giving. You've been faithful in your encouragement. You have just been so faithful in those areas, and we appreciate that. Uh, This morning, I'd like you to gather your family around if you haven't already. Grab your favorite drink if you would, please. Get your Bibles, and we're going to talk to you this morning about the prayer of Jesus, the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're continuing our series in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 26. And let's take a look at verses 36 through 46. The Bible reads this way. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep. And he saith, saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. My Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to be here this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you will take this time around your word and that you would use it. Lord, I ask that the things that are said and done this morning, that they would bring honor and glory to you. And I pray that if there is one here that does not know you, that's watching, that they would come to know you. Lord, I pray that you would continue to give us wisdom in dealing with the situation that we find ourselves in. Help us to uh, continue to pray for our government officials, be with uh, Governor Murphy, be with our president, be with the CDC task force, Um, be with the World Health Organization, all those who are trying to help us uh, manage and navigate uh, this virus. Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church to uh, be sensitive to uh, the needs of people around us. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, in the world of sports, it's often been said that a good defense is the best offense. And in many respects, that's true. I mean, if you can stop the other team from scoring and you are able to score, you inevitably will win the game. And though we all know that life is not a game and you only get one shot at life in order to win, quote-unquote, there are certain aspects that that we need to handle if we are going to win at life. We've got to handle these certain aspects correctly. For example, if we're going to win at life, we've got to handle relationships properly. We need to handle our job situations properly, our finances, and, and our housing And these are just a few of the things that you and I need to make sure that we're handling properly in order to win at life. But what if I told you this morning that in order to really win at life, you need to have your focus on your spiritual life. See, if you're going to win in this life, in order to win in this life, you must have your focus on your spiritual life. See, what I found to be true in most Christians' lives is that they put the majority of their effort in trying to win in their physical life. You know, and that's just like the world. And many times Christians do very little, if anything at all, to win in our spiritual lives. See, friend, if you win in your spiritual life, you'll win at life you may not be winning in life according to the world. Uh, Their idea of winning is totally different than ours. But when you are serious about really winning in life, you're not concerned about the world's estimation of winning. And in this passage of Scripture, what we see is Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's getting ready to go to the cross to die for the sins of the world. The Bible tells us that The the righteous is going to be made sin for the unrighteous so that the unrighteous can be made righteous. And Jesus is showing us in this passage of Scripture how we can win against temptation and that prayer is an offensive weapon against temptation. You know, as believers, we shouldn't be reactive. We need to be proactive in our winning the war of temptation in our life. And many times, sad to say, we're reactive instead of being proactive. Folks, we need to remember we're in a war. Uh, There's an adversary that's seeking to destroy us. Uh, He's not being reactive. He's being proactive. And so if we're going to win the war against temptation, prayer is one of our weapons, and we need to be proactive. You know, all of us deal with temptation. And sometimes the temptation is greater than other times but all of us are tempted to sin. You know, many times in my own personal life, there are times when there's greater temptation, and I'll just confess that. Whatever that temptation is, write to the Lord. I'll just name it and say, Lord, I'm, I'm struggling with this today. Would you please help me? I don't want to give in to this temptation. And we all deal with temptation. Many times the Satan wants to make us think that we're all alone in this, but we're not. There's not a single person upon the face of the earth today that doesn't deal with temptation. But we've got a weapon, and that weapon is prayer. But what would you say to someone who was given a weapon to be able to protect themselves, but ignored the weapon and allowed themselves to be harmed? They ignored the the protection that they were given. I'm sure that you would say with me that the reason that they got harmed was their own fault. They did not use what was given to them in order to protect themselves. Did you know that all Christians, we've all been given a weapon to protect ourselves against giving in to temptation? We've got that weapon, and that weapon is prayer. See, your weapon against giving in to temptation and my weapon against giving into temptation is found in prayer. And Jesus teaches us what prayer does for us in the war against temptation. And we see this here in the Garden of Gethsemane. I want you to take a look, if you would, please. Verses 36 through 38, we see what prayer does for us in the war against temptation. Hey, you're going to be tempted this week. I'm going to be tempted this week. Are you going to use your weapon? First, prayer prepares you. Prayer prepares you. Do you remember what the Lord Jesus said when he was teaching his disciples to pray? Well, take a look over in Matthew chapter 6, if you would. Matthew chapter 6, and we find what is called the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, take a look at verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. See, a matter of fact, some of you may have that memorized or maybe memorized that well, if you went to maybe a Christian school or a parochial school or a Catholic school, you might have memorized that. Did you see what it said right there? Jesus said, this is how I want you to pray. And right in the middle of that prayer, he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, as he was teaching his disciples to pray, you know what he's saying? He's saying prayer is a great weapon against temptation, and prayer prepares us to face temptation and win. Jesus, just previous to this incident in the Garden of Gethsemane, had stopped on the Mount of Olives to let his disciples know that They were going to leave him. They were going to desert him. And they they flatly contradicted Jesus. They said, no, Lord, not us. No. Uh, Here you go. Verse 35 of Matthew 26 says, Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. No, we're not not going to deny you, Lord. They flatly contradicted Jesus that they would ever deny him. And what I find interesting is that when Jesus went to pray, and he even asked some of his disciples to pray, they didn't pray. Instead of praying, they took their good intentions for power. You know, that, sometimes that's just like us, isn't it? We take our good intentions, we take our, 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 our motives to, for power, and that's not where our power comes from. See, our good intentions don't prepare us to fight against temptation. Temptation. See, they thought themselves to be invincible. And good intentions are no match for temptation. See, prayer prepares you to win the battle against temptation. Jesus goes to pray. And in this passage of Scripture, what we miss in the English is found in the Greek. Jesus basically states that he's going to intently pray to God. And the idea here is that he is begging God Jesus says, I'm going to go pour out my heart to to the Father. He was laying it all before God in order that he would be prepared for what God had him to do. The Bible says that Jesus was so, so heavy in sorrow that his heart was heavy to the point of death. We would say it this way, that my heart's breaking with grief or I've got a broken heart. See, the point is that Jesus was not troubled the same way that you and I are troubled from time to time. In Gethsemane, he underwent the most unusual sense of being troubled that anyone could ever feel. He went through that so that you and I would not have to take on that kind of pain. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. And friend, it was not the fact of death that moved Jesus so deeply. But it was the kind of death that he was going to die. You say, what, the cross? No, not even that. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, it says that he would be forsaken by his Father. See, it was the death of being forsaken. And Jesus is pouring out his heart to his Father in preparation. So that he can win the war against temptation. See, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, this is the reason that he was forsaken by his father. For he that had made him to be sin for us. So the sinless one, Jesus, who never knew any sin, was going to become sin. He took on all the sin of the world. It says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Could you imagine a young lady who's getting ready to walk down the aisle in a pure white dress? And somebody, she was standing outside, and maybe there was a mud puddle there, and somebody was going to drive by. They were driving by, and it looked like they were going to splash that mud up on her dress. which She's going to jump out of the way. She's going to recoil at that. No! Could you imagine the sin of the world being placed upon Jesus? And he says, Father, if it be possible, if there's any other way to save humanity. See, his prayer was preparing him. Jesus, in this time of prayer, was preparing himself for what he knew was coming. Let me ask you a question? Since Jesus prepared himself in prayer for what he was facing, since Jesus was preparing himself in prayer for what was facing him, should we do any less? See, Jesus knew what was facing him. We don't always know what's facing us. See, prayer prepares us to win the war against temptation. Secondly, in verses 39 through 44, we find that prayer refocuses you. We must remember that Jesus is the consummate teacher. Take a look at verse 41, if you would. It says there, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus is getting ready to die for the sins of the world, and what is he doing? He's teaching his disciples. In the time when it would seem that... He was going to be abandoned by the Father. Jesus still knew that God was his Father. He says in this passage, Oh, my Father. See, prayer refocuses you. Has there ever been a time when you felt abandoned by God? Or you felt like you were totally on your own? You had sinned too much. You'd walked too far away. The pain was too deep. The situation was too hard. God must not be around. How could he be? And and if I've done all this, how can I be in the place that I am if God was really here? See, friend, the Father is still there and he wants you to call out to him. When Jesus knew that he was going to be forsaken of the Father, he still called out to the Father. Oh, my Father. Take a look at verse 39. Oh, my Father, if it be possible. See, if Jesus knew that he was going to be forsaken by the Father and still could call out to the Father, then you and I, we can still call out to the Father. See, the Father wants us to call out to him. Why? Because it gets us refocused on him and not our sin. It gets us refocused upon the Father and not our problems, not our pain, not our bewilderment. See, our pain, I'm sorry, our prayer is to get us refocused back on God. Think about it. If Jesus could still call out to the Father in the darkest of night, in the deepest of despair, in the lowest of points that any human has ever been at, then we can call out to the Father. Prayer is designed to get you focused back on God. But look at also what Jesus teaches us about prayer refocusing it. How prayer refocuses us. Take a look in verse 39. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless not as I will, but as thou wilt. Verse 42, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. See, Jesus is teaching us that prayer gets our focus off our will and back on God's will. So prayer gets our focus off our problems, off our sin, off our temptation, off our bewilderment, off our pain, And back on the God, but prayer also gets our focus back on God himself, his will, and not ours. See, friend, this is what the Christian life usually looks like. And most of our lives, we get a plan together. And then we go to God and ask him to bless our plan instead of getting in on God's plan. In the book, Experiencing God, Henry Blackaby, in the chapter, God is at work around you, he says, Jesus realized that he could do nothing by himself. Yet, with the Father at work in him, he could do anything. This is particularly significant for you and me because Jesus was the Son of God, yet he never took the initiative to dream a dream or to launch a new ministry. He lived his life in absolute dependence upon God. See, too many times we as believers, we're focused on what we're going to do for God instead of spending time in prayer with God to actually find out what God wants us to do. Look at what verse 44 says in this passage. And he left them and went again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Jesus prayed the same thing as he had previously prayed, and the prayer was focused on the will of God, on the will of the Father for the life of Jesus. See, Jesus' life was a life that was totally dedicated and surrendered to what the Father wanted. Let me ask you something. Are you focused on what the Father wants for your life? Or do you go to God in prayer with your plans, with your ideas, with your agenda, with your to-do list, and then ask God to bless it? See, prayer prepares us to win the battle against temptation. Prayer refocuses us back on God's will in order to win the battle against temptation. And then thirdly, prayer strengthens you to win the battle against temptation. Take a look at verses 45 and 46. It was through prayer that Jesus was gaining strength for his betrayal and the death of the cross. Take a look at verse 45 and 46. Then cometh he to the disciples and saith unto them, sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Prayer strengthens you to win the battle of temptation, to win the war against temptation. It says here, Jesus knew what was coming. He knew that his time was at hand. What did he do? He didn't run in fear. He didn't hide behind some of the disciples hoping that those who were coming after him wouldn't find him. No, you know what he says? He says to his disciples, get up, let's go. He faced what he was going to have to go through head on. See, when we're a people of prayer, friends, we're able to face exactly what Jesus has for us head on. We are to face what comes our way with strength because prayer has strengthened us. We realize that we're not dependent upon ourselves. We're not, we realize that we're not dependent upon our good motives or our good intentions because they fail us sometimes. But when we've spent time in prayer and we've been strengthened against, uh, in prayer against temptation, we're able to face it head on because we know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, Jesus faced the will of the Father that he had laid out for him with strength. And Jesus was able to do this because of prayer. The Bible tells us that we are more than victorious. We're more than victors. See, we're able to go through trying times, through difficult times, and win the battle of temptation, not by the skin of our teeth, but instead we can win with strength. We can win victoriously. We can be overcomers. We can have that abundant life that Jesus talks about. Why? Because we've been strengthened in prayer. And it is through prayer that you and I are strong. Friend, Jesus, which is the greatest teacher that's ever lived, he's teaching even up to the very end of his life. He's teaching us about prayer in the garden, how prayer prepares us, how prayer refocuses us, and how prayer strengthens us. Friend, do you know why Jesus was going through all that? Why did he go through all this for us? He did that so that you and I could be restored to the Father, that we could have a relationship with God the Father, that we wouldn't have to have the burden of sin upon our backs. And friend, if you don't know Christ as your personal savior, you can call out to Jesus Christ in prayer today. You can resist giving into the temptation of relying upon religion. You can resist about giving into the temptation about relying upon self or good works or good deeds, and you can cast yourself upon the precious Person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And according to your word, I know that you died on the cross for my sins. And I'm putting my faith in you, in your person, and in your work, I am trusting you. I am my prayer is that I'm getting my focus off myself and my good deeds. And I'm getting my focus back upon you or I'm getting my focus for the first time on you so that you can save me from my sins and I can have a relationship with you. Friend, the Bible says that if you have placed your faith in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you're saved. If you've asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and you've placed your faith In him and him alone. I'd like to be able to send you a Bible and a book to be able to help you on your journey. If you would just take a moment to be able to fill out that electronic connection card there on our website with your address and information, we'll send you a brand new Bible and a book to be able to help you grow in knowing Jesus. Christian friend, Let me ask you, are you winning the war against temptation? See, prayer is your weapon to win the war. Are you being reactive or are you being proactive? Because, friend, every day that you wake up, every day that I wake up, we're in the war against temptation. The only way to win it is to spend time in prayer. I hope that today you'll make the commitment to win the war against temptation through the avenue of prayer. The prayer of Jesus, it teaches us how we can win. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that we would take the weapon of prayer that you've given to us and that we would win the war against temptation. And Lord, I'm very thankful that when we do sin, when we do give in to temptation, that we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus. We thank you for that. We love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and I'm looking forward to being with you once again. I hope that you have a great rest of the day. Thanks for joining us on today's broadcast. We hope it was an encouragement to you. Be sure to reach out to someone this week. Send an encouraging text or a voicemail to stay connected. If you'd like to give today, you can do so on openbiblenj.org. To get encouraged throughout your week, check out our podcast of past messages on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you on the next broadcast.